The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. This week we're looking at chapter 15. And actually, you know, what we find, even in chapter 15, we see Jesus and he goes out and he's out and about and he's talking to lots of different people. So there he is, as it were, in the street. And in the street, there's Pharisees. Those are the religious people. There's also people who are tax collectors. They're the people that nobody else seems to like because they're collecting the money off everybody and and everybody knows what it's like to have a bit of tight squeeze going on. Tax collectors taking money, they're not liked because of that. But there's also ordinary people. There's just ordinary Jews and ordinary Gentiles around in the marketplace. Jesus is speaking to everybody. It's a bit like us just going on the high street in Bromley. There's all sorts of different people. People from different classes of society, different educational groups, different levels of finances, all sorts of different people. Jesus is speaking to them all. And you know what? When he speaks, he has something to say that's really hitting all sorts of different levels of where people are at. Because he wants to communicate with people. And in this chapter that we're reading the story of today, we see that Jesus is talking about things that get lost. He's talking about a lost sheep. He's talking about a lost coin. He's talking about a lost son. And so he's trying to present stories that people can connect to. Have you ever lost anything? No. See, that's it, Mark. That's exactly the sort of answer I'd expect people to say. No, I've never lost anything. The truth is, yes, you have. You've lost keys. Some of you have probably lost a passport. You're about to go on holiday. Where did I put my passport? Is my passport up to date? I don't even know. I can't find it. Where is it? I remember once we were actually waiting to catch a flight home from America. And you're in the sort of uh, that departures lounge. You know, you're sort of waiting around, looking at the the board to see when your flight is going to take place. And there was almighty kerfuffle going on. What's this? And suddenly everybody, you know, you're having your own private business, but suddenly it becomes more public because what's happening? And it was discovered that somebody who was about to board their flight had dropped their passport somewhere and they couldn't find it. And so everybody was like, oh, we're all looking around to see if we can find this person's passport. Because when you lose something, there's two things that happen. There's an immediate, oh, where is it? And then there's that panic that comes with that, where is it? Because you start looking, and as you start looking, the frustration builds up because, hey, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? And it builds up to a point of crescendo, and you start getting annoyed. But then, when something is found, there's joy. And you know what? In the stories that Jesus is talking about, there was a lost sheep, but when that sheep was found... There was rejoicing. When the lost coin was found, there was rejoicing. And you know what Jesus said to everybody? He said, I want to tell you, actually, this is what it's like in heaven when one sinner turns to God and turns back into that relationship with God. There is great rejoicing in heaven. And so Jesus was telling stories on a practical level, but also trying to teach people just exactly what it was like in heaven and how God responds when a sinner actually comes back to find it. You know, in Luke chapter 19, which I know is a bit further on, verse 10, it says 
of the mission that Jesus came with. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The reason that Jesus came, the reason that he was even telling these stories was that so he could get people reconnected with God. Because we all need to have a connection with God. And Jesus says, it's just like this in heaven. This is the bit I've just said, but I want to read it from the diary of a disciple. It's just like this in heaven, Jesus went on. In heaven, when just one person turns to God, it's as if God throws a massive party to celebrate. And that's what the point of what he's trying to get across and the fact that he, as Jesus, has come to seek and to save the lost. And so today, we're not looking at the, the coin or the sheep, but we are going to look at the story of the lost son. Now, don't forget, I said to you already that Jesus, when he comes to speak, he's speaking to all sorts of different people. And it's interesting because with this story of the lost son, Jesus is using information to connect with people at different levels. Surely there is one main theme in the story about a father who is embracing his lost son. That's the big theme. But there's lots of other different details and aspects to the story that Jesus brings up. For instance, Jesus touches on rebellion. He touches on revelry. He touches on realization. He touches on repentance. He touches on reconciliation, resentment, and rejection, just to name a few. And it took me quite a long while to get all of those R's together, actually, just in case you hadn't got hold of that. But this story really is predominantly about two brothers and about their dad. And really to help us go through it or to learn more from it or to add another dimension to it, I'm actually going to do some narrating, but I thought it would be good to have some acting. So what I need is some volunteers. Now, when I say acting, you don't have to say any words, okay? But I do need people with expression. Okay, I need people with expression. Right, so as I'm telling the story, our people here are going to actually act things out. Hallelujah. Now, I know that this story is, is quite familiar, um, but the scene, let me just set the scene again. Okay, so we've got the younger son, okay, and he is going to be asking his dad for his inheritance, and he wants to go off and spend it in wild living. So now we're going to come to some real acting here. Because we want to underline, don't forget I said there was various facets that were happening in the story. For instance, there is rebellion. There is rebellion going on because the younger son is wishing his father, in effect, dead. Because when he's saying, like, I want your money, he's saying, I want it now. And he's actually, it's almost as though he's saying, like, Dad, I don't care about you. You're as good as dead as far as I'm concerned. I just want to take the money and I just want to go off and do whatever I want to do because I want to go and enjoy myself. So we see that there's rebellion because he's resisting God's commands. He's not doing the things that God wants him to do. He's not honoring his father. In fact, actually, he's always wanted to commit murder from the point of view he wants his dad gone. But off he goes. He's acting in rebellion. But his rebellion takes him to a place of revelry, of partying. Or actually, it just says he lives wildly. Now, I'm not quite sure how we're going to express what is wild living. Is it just drinking? Is it party, partying? <laughs> the Bible actually doesn't say what it is. It just says it's wild living. And I think it leaves it up to us exactly what is wild living? I think we know what wild living is. It's just that we don't actually think that, oh, surely we don't do wild living, do we? 
But you know what? Eventually, the money runs out. Dad, you better take hold of that because it's, like, it's quite important. The money runs out. And you know what? When money runs out, you have to end up getting a job. Because the only job that our younger son could get, and don't forget he is, uh, comes from a good Jewish household. Good Jewish household, you will not be eating pork. And he finds that the only place that he can get a job is on the pig farm, which means he's working with Gentiles. He's not in a good place. And you know what? There's no money. There's no food. He's feeling sorry for himself. He's looking at the food that the pigs are eating, and he thinks, you know what? I wish I could have some of that food, because actually that, even that's better. And then there is a moment of realization. It's like the light bulb goes on. Hang on a minute. Aren't even the servants in my dad's house better off than I am right now? Surely, if I was to go back to my dad and I was to say to him, Dad, I am sorry. You see, the light bulb moment came on to realize that even though there had been much revelry and wild living, there comes a point when it means nothing. And actually, it's better to be back in the father's house and being looked after as a servant than it is to carry on being starving hungry. So he comes with repentance in his heart, and he's saying, if I go to dad and say, look, I'm sorry, at least make me one of your servants, then things could be better. All right, we're now at another scene. And okay, he's the son, the young son is on his way home. He's afar off, and a long way away, but dad is always out there watching for his lost son who he hasn't seen for months, but he's still hungry to know him and to see him. And there, surely, is that my son on the horizon? He sees him when he's a long way off, and he can't stop, but goes running, running towards him. He throws his arms around him and hugs him and kisses him, and is so glad to see him. This is the reconciliation that we're talking about. But having just been embraced, the younger son turns to dad and says, Dad, I am sorry. I've turned away from God. I've turned away from you. I am not even worthy to be called your son. Please let me work for you as a servant. But, not you. <laughs> But dad says, no, no, get the best clothes, get the best jewelry, get the nicest sandals. We're going to have a massive meal and we are going to celebrate because my son was lost. But now he is found. And so dad and the younger son, they go off to the party. Because we've got scene three, which is the older brother. The older brother is miffed. Let's just say that. He has been working hard for dad and as the weeks and months go by, he's been out in the fields, he's come back from the field, and as he comes back from the field, what is that he can hear? It sounds like partying. What's going on? And so, the older brother is asking, and there's resentment in his heart. 
What is all this food and dancing for? What is this party for? What on earth is going on? And dad, of course, is pointing out, your younger brother has returned and dad couldn't be happier. Dad actually comes over to the older brother and he talks to him. And he says this, listen, you've got to get over this resentment. Why can't we have a party? You know what? Your brother has been gone for ages and now he's back. And in any case, I know that you've worked for me. I know that you've worked for me. But everything that I have, you're constantly enjoying. But the older brother is really cross. Dad, you haven't even given me a small lamb even to have with food with my friends. And this whole party thing, it's completely ridiculous. And the older brother rejects his dad's invitation. Because he felt that his dad was being far too generous. You must understand, says dad calling after him, my son, you're always with me. Everything I have, don't forget, you've always had it with me. And... But this brother was lost, but now he's found, and we are going to celebrate. Thank you, actors, for celebrating with us. I think we get the story, and it helps to highlight the story. The truth is now, where do we fit in with this story? I think if we really want to understand the father is being pictured as who God is and what he is like. Remember that Jesus said he has come to seek and to save the lost. That's the whole purpose that Jesus came. He is looking for lost people. And here, the Father representing God shows that his heart is always looking out for those that are lost. He's searching. He's longing. People that have gone off to do their own thing, who've gone their own way, who've resisted God, who've said, no, I don't want God. They want to go off and just have life for themselves. I want to do what I want to do. Those people, God is constantly looking out for them. Where are they? Because I love them. And that is the clear message that is being put through this whole story. But here's a question. Are you lost? Are you lost or do you know that relationship with God who is looking out for you? Maybe you can relate in some way, because obviously we're not going to put our hands up altogether. Maybe you can relate in some way to the rebellion and the revelry of the younger son. You've asked for money, or maybe not just money, but you've made money your goal. This is what I need. This is how I can get on in life. This is how I can be somebody. This is how I can do things. If I have money and you give your energy, your time, yourself to actually earning money, gaining uh, funds, gaining uh, some sort of social lift, if you were, because of the position you're getting in society. But actually, you come to a point And you think, what is life really all about? I've got all of this, but I have got nothing. And you know what? There needs to be, for every one of us, there needs to be a point of realization that actually life without God isn't taking us anywhere. Without realization, there is no real repentance. Because unless we realize the position we're in, we're never going to repent of it. But when we get to a place where we realize, I don't have God in my life. I don't understand it. It's never a case of us understanding it. It's just that I feel empty. I feel lost. I've got nothing left. I've got no resources. 
I need to go back to God and say sorry. That's actually what happened to the younger son. And he got to that point and he returned to God. But he had to come to that place of repentance. He had to decide, that is what I need to do. And as he went back, that's when the father met him. And of course the father was saying, yeah, I listened to your repentance, but hey, I am so glad you've come back. Let's have a party together. Are you lost? Are you like the younger son? Or perhaps you'd say, no, 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 I, I'm more like the older brother. Do you know what? I've never parted. I've never done those things. I've never just chased after things like that. No, that's never. I've always stayed being the right person, doing the right thing, just doing the right thing as far as everybody's concerned. Well, that may be the case, but how's your heart? Are you full of resentment? Are you full of rejection? Are you looking at other people and saying, well, at least I'm not like them? At least... What is your heart like? It's interesting to see that both brothers are actually lost. Only one of them really comes to a point of repentance and realization that turns his life around. And I said that Jesus was telling this story to lots of different people. He was speaking not only to the religious people and trying to challenge them on the position that they were holding in life because they were looking down at everybody else. Oh, we're in the right place. We've done everything right. Or some of the others who didn't really understand God and were hoping to find him. He was speaking on all sorts of different levels. But what he was identifying is this. Is that if you come to a place of realization and repentance, then that can bring you to a place of reconciliation. But you know what? If you hold on to your resentment and rejection, that can often leave you in a place where you're just left outside in the cold. But whatever, we need to understand this. The overriding picture is this, is that God, as our Heavenly Father, is constantly watching out for us and is constantly wanting to bring all of us into relationship with Him. So as we finish this morning, I just want to challenge you. Where are you at? Where are you at in your life? Are you pursuing the things of God? Or are you out thinking more about partying? Or out thinking about what you want to do? Or are you coming to that place of realization that leads you to repentance that you might find reconciliation? The good thing is, as I've said, Jesus' heart is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's always been that he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. So he's looking out for you. He's pursuing you, if only you will turn to him. And today is a day of salvation. Every day is a day of salvation. It's a day when you can turn and you can say, hey, I feel like I'm lost, but I want to come home and find Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.